You are listening to the In Her Eyes podcast. I am your host, Lynn Niehaus, episode 98. Hello, hello, my lovely friend, and welcome to the In Her Eyes podcast. I am your host, Lynn Niehaus, interior designer, artist, mama, scientist, color specialist, and space coach, here to help you navigate the beautiful messiness of raising strong, thriving daughters while you discover the path to a home that inspires you. You will learn to design gorgeous, peaceful spaces inside and out that you can be proud of and love coming home to. Each week, we will explore how individuality and practicality create the harmony our souls crave. Let's dive in, my dear, to all of our beautiful stuff. grateful for you for being here as we come up on episode on a hundred episodes I've had a lot of time to reflect and if you're not familiar with the work that we do in the monthly design portal which is my membership group each week or sorry each month I I focus on a topic sort of to bring things together. I find that helps distill the thought processes so that we can move through things more clearly. Clear is a word that I really want to emphasize there because I feel like when I know that anytime we have a focus or an intention, that's what opens the door to revelation, to a deeper understanding of why things are the way they are. And that's the first step toward transformation. The theme for this month is sacred spaces. And the reason that I selected sacred spaces, a couple, a couple reasons. One is we're we're working towards the holidays and it is my busiest time of year typically because people are looking at their house in a more objective way and they see a time frame for wanting to get things accomplished. I just got through a couple of projects that were time related for family events that might have affected my calendar. And I have some travel coming up that has made this time of year not quite as busy for me as it normally is. So it's given me a lot of time to reflect, which I'm loving because it's opening this space for me to start to create some of the things that have been on my heart. And I have to create physical space in my home to work on these projects as well as mental space because it's really easy when you get caught up in the day-to-day to just think, oh, let me just put these dishes away real 
you know, really quickly and then I can concentrate or let me just turn the vacuum really quickly or, you know, this person's going to stop over for something and, you know, what does my house look like? What do, what do I need to straighten up? Or, you know, this person spilled something. I need to take care of that right now or, you know, this needs to be done. And that sacred time has been slurped up by this busyness and what I've found is first of all when you're committed to something and committed to yourself which is something that we don't do very often for a lot of reasons and we're going to touch on that over the the course of this month because what I'm going to be doing in the podcast for I know we're not quite into October yet but a lot's been coming up as I've been working towards the support of what we're going to be, what I'm going to be offering up to members in terms of getting their spaces ready for family. And as I was working through this, this information and what I was offering up and my own schedule, you know, my own um, scheduling my time around my, you know, my family and entertaining them and, you know, what we want to do in these fall hours as, you know, there's beautiful weather outside and how to take advantage of that. If factoring all that in, this idea of creating sacred space for your dreams to unfold has really been cropping up. And I was lucky enough to be in a kind of wild conversation that I initiated with a friend of mine this morning with some things that had popped up for me and we're in sort of an energetic alignment. So I had a feeling that some of these same things were popping up for her and, and having a chance just to dive deeper into something that neither of us fully understand. I was feeling a lot of gratitude for that. And I've also been in a workshop with one of my coaches that's been opening up a lot of room for receiving. And every time I, I start doing this work and wondering, you know, because as women, as, as it starts as girls, you know, we, we get the gold stars for making other people feel good and doing what's expected of us. And we start to feel good about ourselves when we please others. And that sucks away some of that beautiful magic and the whole reason this podcast was started in the first place was to speak to our ability as women to reclaim our magic to reclaim our spark and our sparkle so that we can support our daughters in a way that they never lose theirs. And society makes that hard. A lot of our belief systems make that 
hard. And all of that has been interweaving itself in a way that made me see very clearly that what we do to hold sacred space for our families, those rituals, those holidays, the physical space within our house, setting a beautiful table, creating a beautiful meal, redesigning a bedroom, you know, all those things that we do as moms, as women, they're sacred. And I really wanted to spend this whole month of October honoring that. So before we get started officially in the month of October, I wanted to lay a foundation because that felt right. And I wanted to talk about the word sacred. I want to talk about you leaning into your own belief systems in order to be able to carve out that sacred space within you, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, within your environment, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, defining it. What does it mean within your activities, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, looking at everything in that light as we go through this, this, this time of year. The equinox hit me hard. They say there were some solar flares around that. I, again, if you've been here for a while, you know that I know just enough about astrology to be dangerous. And usually it always first involves a Google. <laughs> so it's not always, um, grounded in my initial innate uh, not my it's when my wisdom when 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 I feel innately connects to what I'm experiencing is is when I hold it as information uh, because I have not studied astrology I, I allow it to kind of come in in spurts but I wanted to take this time just to share with you how we can step into our own beliefs, create the sacred spaces, events, rituals in a way that aligns with our personal truth and beliefs, whatever they may be. And one thing that crops up for me often, because I know that our listenership, has a just from interacting with you guys one-on-one -on -one through messages that you've sent me and things that have come through it just in all the different formats you know contacting me which I so greatly appreciate I always appreciate your beautiful words and what you share with me I I know that we come from a broad range of religions. So I want to talk about this word sacred because I feel like it's a uniting factor among us. And unity has been 
pop, which is coming through strongly for me lately. And I feel like there's some ways that we can really bring our individual experiences into a larger collective strength, unity, through unity, through a sort of merging our own sacredness. And that's why I wanted to talk about that on this episode. So like anytime we launch into the meaning of something, I want to start with just the Merriam-Webster's dictionary definition of the word sacred, because I feel like it's the perfect place to start. Sacred. One, a dedicated, dedicated or set apart for the service of worship of a deity. Devoted exclusively to one service or use as of a person or purpose. Two, worthy of religious veneration, entitled to reverence and respect. Three, of or relating to religion, not secular or profane. There's an archaic definition, which means accursed. But then also the fifth definition, which I probably love the most, is unassailable, meaning not liable to doubt, attack, or question. And unviolable. I can't even say that word. <laughs> but secure from violation or profanation. Also highly valued or important. And I think the reason that I love that fifth definition so well is because it, at least for me anyway, it took me a while to get back to finding sacred elements in my thoughts, in my physical space, in my emotional space that I gave myself the opportunity to hold in high regard. I was pretty good at taking good care of what other people told me were sacred. But my belief that my own thoughts and needs and feelings were sacred as well, it's taken me about 55 years to get to there. So that's what I want to spend this month on because I feel like the beauty is in holding that both and. So the first piece of this foundation is to begin to define your elements that you would benefit physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually from defining as sacred. There's a lot of the first parts of this definition that I think is where we get stuck, where we get kind of tied up in. And 
this has certainly been a part of my own personal journey. And I've, I've shared a, a, a bit with you how my, my upbringing, my personal upbringing, my upbringing like deeply rooted within the Episcopal Church because of my great-grandfather and our family's role in the church as a physical building and my desire as a child to reach beyond the bounds of sort of understanding and, you know, the Bible being the only real spiritual text that I had been introduced to or known of just my personal at a really young age, you know, diving into the whole thing versus just, you know, the sort of the Sunday school teachings, the bits and pieces that were extracted out and uh, taught as a lesson, but seeing it more as a whole attempt to understand, you know, who we are as humans in relation to God and how that impacted my personal journey and my own personal spiritual experiences, both within my, the organized religion and where that's taken me in my life. And how that plays a role, because I, like I said at the very beginning, I have, you know, the, the religious traditions that we have, I have great respect for whatever religion you are, because I do believe that there are constructs within that that give us a relationship to the divine and that's where that's where we're all the same you know that's that's where our unity can come from and then my personal experiences with angels you know they fall outside the construct of the religion that I was raised in except for how they appear in art and how my art and my exploration of art and my passion for, you know, 14th century churches in Europe and just getting lost in what the artist interpretation of people's lives, Bible passages, and then my deep, deep, deep connection to the earth. And where at times that connection gave me information that butted up against some of the traditional beliefs that I was brought up in. But then as I began to believe their truth, I started to see how it all interlaced and how I could go deeper into what I truly believed by accepting things that maybe I had been taught were bad, were, were, were 
evil or were not good, but leaning into understanding, just, you know, wisdom, broad spectrum of wisdom and how it colored and enlivened what I knew as my own personal truths. And where I come from, and I know that your personal truths are going to be slightly different than my personal truths because of your lived experiences, because your relationship to the world around you. But I don't think that that means we can't hear each other because I feel like that's where our power is. That's where our power is as women. That's where our power is as spiritual beings having a human experience. Like Wayne Dyer often says that I just love that phrase. And as keepers of the home and hearth and making things run well, I feel like that is also a sacred conscript where we have so much life and power and ability to influence our surroundings and support the people that we love with a foundation of love. And that's why I wanted this to be a foundational episode. So the original, uh, originally I was going to talk about clearing, like how to clear negative energy, like how to create, clear negative energy and create positive energy in a space from a uh, sort of like a how-to guide. And as I, oh, which I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you a little bit, just but it became really important to me that I wanted to address it from the found, like how some of these things go back to the very beginning of recorded human time and how some of the things that have evolved in our life that prevent us from connecting to our intuition and to our own sense of, you know, spirituality and sacred, you know, relationships came from a good place. You know, a lot of times I talk about like, you know, clearing toxins and getting the, you know, getting the chemicals out of your home and your food and your surroundings and your, the things that you buy, you know, how to do it in a, a more sustainable and eco-friendly way. And a lot of that comes from this place. It comes from my, from a personal experience of, of feeling what they do to our home. And this is not an episode about non-toxic living. It's actually more an honoring of what sometimes feels hard to let go of because it does feel good. 
like for instance you know the fragranced candles you know i certainly remember the first seconds of lighting a fragranced candle before it you know gave me a headache and made me start sneezing um that just felt magical and wonderful and you know putting it in another room wasn't the answer which is you know what i did in the beginning before i started to do the research to see why i was experiencing what i was experiencing but what I've learned through doing this work is to create the harmony in our life that our souls seem to crave. You know, the beauty, the magic, the joy. We have to live within those five senses. And as humans, we've been doing that since, you know, the dawn of time. And I don't know about you, but it's always seems so interesting to to me when you know there's a new discovery of the sensory capabilities of an animal that go so far beyond our human experience because you know we spend so much time in our brains you know so much time thinking things through and and having sort of a factual representation of how to proceed, what to do next, how the, the steps for doing things. And I believe that a lot of it is because we've, we've, we are no longer as connected as we can be to our innate nature and our innate wisdom and some of those things woven so deeply into our DNA that we have trouble accessing because of this very separated life that that you know we've we've come to to live so i want to begin with the foundation being understanding how to clear out some of that negative energy that might be around you and bring in just sort of open the windows metaphorically and physically that can help too it's one of those reasons why on a beautiful day it feels so good to open the windows is because it does change the ionic structure of the air in our often overly polluted homes but there's ways to do that without without having to open your windows there's ways to do it on a sort of micro scale on a daily basis that keeps things flowing and feeling good and clean the invention of fire or not the invention but the discovery of how to create fire since the dawn of time and this episode is coming out just on the cusp of the Aries full moon which is full of fire energy so if you're feeling super pumped up now or you're feeling like you have extra energy burst just know that that might be a place that it's coming from yes we all love pumpkin spice and crisp cool air uh, I don't love crisp cool air but uh, just that burst of of energy that comes, you know, right after the the fall equinox. And that's a fire energy and it's it's 
there's a bit of sacredness to fire. And in evolutionary history, we think of that discovery of the ability to create and manipulate fire as biologically changing our eating habits because we're able to eat things that we couldn't eat before because of because of fire but I think it goes beyond that I think it goes to a because so many of our you know rituals involve fire and if you've ever stood around a bonfire whether it's a school celebration or uh, I you know late at night camping and sharing with friends you know that that's a sacred energy as well and so I think when we decided to start burning candles first it was a sacred experience it was in honor of because you know throughout human history Things like candles weren't so easily accessible. Think about birthday candles. Think about the milestones that we celebrate with fire. And in as the world becomes more populated and demand for things becomes more plentiful, our our economic structure is how can we make those things more and more available to more and more people because certainly people deserve things but what has happened is the production of those things aren't as wholesome as our physical bodies need them to be and that's what has evolved over time So reconnecting in the simplest ways to the simple and sacred nature of the element of fire is something that we can do just by making better choices in terms of what we're burning in our homes. And one of the best ways to clear out negative energy is to burn beeswax candles. Beeswax candles are the, burning beeswax is the only kind of candle that you can burn in your home that creates positive ions. A little bit of science for you. So, and the positive ions that are created from the release of the breaking down of the beeswax binds to the particles floating in the air that can be harmful to you. It binds to the dust particles, it it binds to some of the toxic molecules that are off-gassed from the plastic components that we might be bringing into our home in the way of fragrance and, you know, other, you know, other things that release chemicals into the air that 
aren't good for us. So beeswax is a great protector. But if you've ever been in a room with a couple of beeswax candles burning or you've lit a beeswax candle and kind of just sort of breathed over it, feels almost like you're breathing pure oxygen and it feels good. And anytime something feels good on a biological level, like really, really uplifting to the energy in your body, then that's something that you want to, to capture and repeat. So having beeswax candles available is something that really can help you in clearing out the energy of your space and creating more positive energy. The mineral element. So we talked about the fire element, the mineral element that we can think about for clearing out energy is salt. So I'm going (laughs) to... It's really funny as a frequenter of Airbnb, it's almost guaranteed that if I'm scrolling through the pictures trying to decide on what home I'm going to rent for a space for, you know, whatever um, event that we're, we're going to or whatever we need a space for, if there's a salt lamp that's on in any of the pictures, it's almost a guarantee that that's the house I've got to choose. So if you're out there and if you have an Airbnb um, and you want people like me to rent it, then put a salt lamp in. Uh, But to me, it represents a conscious, energetic sense of welcoming. You know, it's clearing out the it's clearing the energy of one group of people to welcome in a new group of people salt lamps work um if you think they're just a design trend or kind of like a hippie yippie woo sort of trend um they're beautiful and their energy is beautiful so i recommend them greatly It's also one of the reasons I like to include crystals in in decor and design is because they also can help raise the vibration of a space to make it feel more welcoming, more comfortable, more homey for similar reasons. They're affecting the ionic structure of the space around it and it's a bit more complex than just the breakdown of the beeswax when it's burning and how you know the release of the positive ions it's 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 a bit more quantum physics than um simple chemistry but it really can help clear out the energy When I first began using incense, which is something else that can help you, something else that we can burn to 
change the energetic makeup of a, of a space, but sometimes we think of incense more as a fragrance. Um, and it is really important if incense is something that you want to use to clear your space to make sure it's a pure resin and it is not fragranced because that sort of defeats the whole purpose. If you're using an, something that um, you're, you're burning and you're releasing those volatile organic compounds into the air and they are petroleum based um you're you're doing the opposite of what you're trying to you know you're trying to accomplish but that's usually just an easy you know read on the back of a package because they do have to list fragrance as um as an ingredient or just you know purchase from sources that you trust to have done the the legwork to make sure something is is pure incense has been used as a sacred element since early 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 human existence and it's one of those things when I look back through my own personal traditions you know the only time in my church that we had incense. I grew up Episcopal, not not Catholic. Um, incense came in on Christmas, and that was pretty much is pretty much it. But so I felt like I had a sacred connection to that, to the properties of it, because it reminded me of Christmas Eve service, which was one of the most cherished moments in my childhood because it did truly feel like the most magical day of, you know, time of the year, you know, my Christmas Eve service at church. And, and, and so the smell of frankincense in, in particular and frankincense incense is something that I have a deep connection to, but it does have a wonderful ability to uplift the energetics of a space. So something else that's going to get rid of negative energy is something that seems very woo and witchy. And that is the process known as smudging. And that's when you're burning an herb bundle and kind of waving it around. And <laughs> If, if this is something that's, first I'm going to tell you some, some sort of do's and don'ts about, about smudging, because when I first did it, I basically just bought an herb bundle and lit it on, you know, lit it with my lighter and waved it around. First thing you need to know if you're doing this because maybe you've had some people over and the conversation got really negative or you had a big fight. It's, yeah, it's a great way to clear the air. I mean, there's a reason that clearing the air is a saying because it has a powerful impact on how you feel when you do it. And smudging is one of those things that has a really powerful impact even if you don't believe in things like ghosts and things you know that exist beyond what we can see 
I trust that if you're here, if you're here with me and you've been around the podcast for a while, you can feel things that might not be visible. And energy is one of those. I shared with you on, it might have been the ghosts episode about what I had to do in our new house. Uh, it had a lot of heavy energy that I can feel. You know, I feel heavy energy. I feel light energy. That's what makes me a good designer because I can help people move through the transition from that heavy energy into that light energy when they don't have words for it. I can do it in an, both an ex in an aesthetic and physical way. But when we moved into this house, there was a, the, actually it's this room, my office, it felt dark in here. It felt, it felt dark and scary and yucky and the light bulbs flicked on and off and the electricity didn't seem to work right and everything about it felt wrong and I didn't like being in here and one night when I was here by myself I decided just to see what I could do to change that energy and so I had a cedar bundle and I began to light it on fire and move it around. And at first it felt really, really weird and like something was happening. But then the more that I did it, the cleaner it felt, the happier it felt, the softer it felt, the warmer it felt. And after I was all done and I said a little prayer in the room after it felt clean and soft we didn't have the electricity problems anymore the light wasn't flickering on and off constantly it felt welcoming and whole and knowing that this is the room that I have to do my work in that's what I needed. But what I didn't know is <laughs> there needs to be a place for ash to go as things burn. So if you're going to take up smudging as a way to clear the air or clear the energy out of a space, uh, you can do a little bit of research. That's what I had to, to do. Um, I felt intuitively into what I felt like the space needed, which is why I bought cedar, because that's what I kept smelling when I wanted to think about what the space could use. I, and, and when you do something like that, I don't recommend doing it in the space. Um, but, you know, when I was thinking about it, um, but cedar doesn't burn well, but also it when it does burn, it lets out like burning pieces. So you want to make sure when you're doing that, you have something underneath you that or underneath your hand to catch the ash. And I found that like a big, beautiful seashell works wonderfully. And it also, if it's something that you found, it can really give you a connection to the newness of the energy in the space. I feel that sage works really well for clearing your personal energy. 
So if you've been in an argument or you want to go into a deep meditation or you really want to connect with yourself, sage works really, really, really well to cleanse your energy, to smudge yourself. I didn't even know that was a thing until probably about a year ago. I thought it was just something, you know, smudging was just something that you did when you moved into a new house. But my husband hates that smell, so I tend to do that outside. I did find that white sage doesn't smell quite the same. It's a sweeter smell. And so when he's away, I, I will use that as a cleaning mechanism for the whole house, particularly in his office area where him being a quality control manager holds a lot of negative energy. And it's really funny because the very first time that I did a good, thorough, energetic cleaning of his office space, the plant that was in there, it's almost like it was a brand new plant. It had just a physical transformation overnight. And all I did was clean it up and... Um, smudge it really well and it was so funny it was like where did you come from it was like somebody had transplanted the plants in the middle of the night plants are another great way to clear your space um, and that being said it's always a good idea to rotate your plants move them around so they're experiencing different things in different parts of the, ha the um, house it can be really really healthy for your plants and anytime your plants are healthy your space is healthy anytime you start to see a plant unhealthy if it's getting you know the right light conditions and the right water conditions it probably means that um, your space needs to be cleansed and so they're good indicators of what um, you know what needs to be done in your space and the last thing that I want to share with you about cleansing your space is the power of the spoken, was the power of sound. Sound has a profound cleansing presence. So you can find tracks online that are specific to frequencies of cleansing and clearing. You can find tracks on, on YouTube for so many different things that you want to bring in. But there are some that are specific to cleansing and clearing a space. I've recently gotten interested into the more native or, or um, ancient sounds from uh, flute playing to drumming to um, rattles I just for I just purchased a rattle that I'm so excited about and it just it it does it just feels like it just uplifts the energy in the space so there's something I have to really concentrate on um, I can use my rattle but the spoken word has so much power as well so just a simple prayer over your space can have a wonderful transformative property. 
So just like negative words can change the energy of your space, positive words can do the same as well. So the next time you feel like your space needs cleansing and you have to go out and buy something or you have to do something, then just remember that the power of your own voice and your own intention can create a sacred atmosphere. So thank you, my friend, for being here. I do want to wrap with just a couple of thoughts on this topic going forward. I want to charge you with the intention of creating a sacred space for yourself in these days that are coming up. Because we all know that as a, you know, as, as busy women doing all the things, we can get lost in all the things. And if we don't have a sacred space to come to, it can be, it can be really challenging. And you don't have to just, it, it doesn't have to be isolatory. When I first started learning about how my grandmother and her sisters and brother were raised. One of the things I learned out that learned that my great grandfather had created was a family altar. And this was a powerful concept for me because as it turns out, it no longer belonged to the family, which seems very, very odd to me. But it ended up being gifted to, uh, and I mean, it, I guess uh, never having experienced it as a family, I did experience a church where my great-grandfather had carved the sacred space, you know, the altar, which was powerful. I mean, I believe it's a powerful part of my journey, but the integrative piece that I feel like helped me on my own personal journey was knowing that family prayer was a foundational piece of my heritage, made me see prayer in a whole new way, and made me really appreciate the unity of prayer. Because even when I'm in solitary prayer, these days, I experience that sense of unity with that, with the divine, with that which I can't see, with that which is bigger than me, with that which is universal and all-encompassing. So never, ever, my friend, ever <laughs> forget about your own power to cleanse and control. Elevate 
it's maybe a better word than control because I think control has a feeling of of solitude to it, a feeling of us doing it all ourselves. But elevation has that concept of co-creation in it. And that's how we create sacred spaces. So find yourself some time this week, my friend, to clear out some sacred time for yourself on your calendar, to think, to dream, to write, to hope, to talk about that thing that you have locked deep inside of you, that thing that needs sacred space to, to, to be. Encourage the people in your life to create sacred space for themselves. Then look around you for a, a physical space that honors you. Before you start creating all those sacred rituals for your family. Sending you so much love, my friend. If you need a sacred space to share because you don't have a community where you can speak openly in your heart, please head over to the In Her Eyes podcast to the community page and we will welcome you there all of you in all of your messy beautiful magical creative not creative stuck scared wholeness and invite you to see just how beautiful you are so I love you, my friend, and have a truly magical week full of sacred moments. Thank you, my beautiful friend, for being here today. I just want to remind you that you are a beautiful light in this world. And don't be afraid to shine because the world is a better place because you're in it. And if there's a woman in your life, a girl in your life that you know that needs to hear that, I encourage you to reach out to her today and remind her just how extraordinary she is. And if there's someone who you feel like could benefit from the conversation that we had today on the podcast, I would love, it would mean the world to me for you to share this conversation with someone in your life today. If you haven't had the opportunity to subscribe to the podcast, please head over to Apple and subscribe. There are directions on the InHerEyesPodcast.com webpage that give you complete instructions if you've never done that before on Apple and also on Spotify. All you have to do is hit the follow button and you'll be part of the community. 
And speaking of community, here with season four, we have created the In Her Eyes podcast forum as a community page. So head over there, introduce yourself, say hi, let me know what this podcast has brought into your life and the wisdom, your wisdom, the wisdom that has come to you through listening. Because I know together we are powerful, beautiful women. Until next time, so much love.